You're listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. I'm Carrie. And I don't have a shot right now, but I do have wine, so. <laughs> and cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have um, a delicious water. <laughs> it's a white. From the sink. <laughs> I'm drinking it through a straw. <laughs> oh, man. We just had a very frustrating hour with technology, so pardon our weird... <laughs> our weird tension. Um, whew. It's been a day. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello. Well said, Kay. <laughs> I'm just she's really eating. This yeah. <laughs> Baby bells are amazing. Yeah. They're they're a thing of beauty. They Speaking are. of food, <laughs> it's very appropriate that you're eating on this episode, I think. <laughs> it is. You're very making me brand. You're making me want one. Um you want me to grab you one? Kinda. Okay. <laughs> Pause. Okay, you don't have to unwrap it for me, honey. Oh my god. It's going to be there for like two minutes. Calm down. Here, you don't have to see it. Okay. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. Oh, well, we weren't really saying anything. No, just we were eating cheese. Eating cheese. <laughs> <laughs> because cheese is delicious. Yep. And. Ow! Damn it. And I'm now day drinking. Like yeah. I did yesterday. Wish I could do that. Must be nice. <laughs> it's all for the cause. I know I miss it. Um. <laughs> oh goodness! All right. Well, do you want to just crack into it? Yeah. All right. This is an intense topic. This is a kind of an intense topic. It's going to be good though. Yeah. It um, just hits a little close to home for both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're going to keep it light. Good. I've got I've got some good recovery stories oh, good. for us. Those are good. So, yeah. Um mm. mm-hmm. Oh my god. I shouldn't chew into the end of the microphone. <laughs> I chewed into the microphone. Mm. I'm sure they love it. It's just so creamy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Cheese is a thing of beauty. All right. It is. Do you know that when you're pregnant and you're, if you're lactose intolerant, your lactose intolerance like either abates or completely goes away while you're pregnant so that you can eat calci- so that you can like eat calcium? That's things. incredible. Isn't that cool? That's nice to know. Our bodies are miraculous. <laughs> <laughs> your cholesterol like also gets put completely on hold so that you can eat whatever the fuck you can. Yeah. Really? You can eat like as many eggs and as many Yeah. So that you can absor- get as much protein as possible. I need to be pregnant. Isn't that crazy? What? No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but it's not worth it. It's not worth it for that. No, I, I don't think I ever want to be pregnant, but... What? Yeah. Oh my God, Kay. All right, really? Uh, may- maybe, maybe years How from old now. are you? 20... 22? 22? Yeah. No one wants to be pregnant when they're 22. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll be 23. You just keep pulling stuff out of your weird hat of things you're going to cut yourself off from. For now. Yeah, for now. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Cheese is delicious. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I didn't want to be pregnant until I saw other people being able to do it. Mm. Yeah. I thought it would just make everyone miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Water. Okay. Well, (laughs) this week, we're not talking about that. So, this week, we are talking about... Binge eating. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yep. So, D, are you going to be talking about binge eating and purging or just like mm-mm. binging? Okay. Nope. Okay. Because that wasn't in the title. <laughs> Th- that's fine. So, I was just, I was curious if you went that way with it. No, we're not talking about bulimia. We're talking about binge eating. Okay. Which is different. Yeah. So, um... We decided we wanted to talk about this because it's something we both kind of struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, I don't know about you, mostly mine kind of comes in the form of like stress and like eating your feelings. Oof, gross. I just burped. microphone. <laughs> <laughs> like eating your feelings and feeling like when you're stressed out and you're just like, oh my God, I could eat. I just want to eat an entire pizza. I use it kind of also as like a form of procrastination sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when I don't want to do things, I'll just be like, well, I'll make something to eat. Yeah. Or I don't think I've ever done the thing though. I've never done the, the like stereotype thing where you like go to the grocery store and buy a fuck ton of food and just like eat all of it though. Mm-mm. I've never done that. I, I haven't really done that. Like I'll do that a little bit. Like, in very much moderation like Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of times where like we won't buy like actual groceries i'll just go to the store and i'll get like stuff to make a meal and then i'll Mm -hmm. also get like a couple of you know little snacks um to eat while i'm making the meal used to i don't do that so much anymore Mm um i used um i used binge eating um I did it a lot when I was younger because I wouldn't eat all day at school. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I didn't like eating in front of people. And, like, I would eat in front of people at school and, like, get made fun of. So, I would not eat during the day. Like, I literally wouldn't eat breakfast or lunch. I would get home around 3 or 4 o'clock and then, like... Just pig out because you were starving. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um... I used to do something similar to that because I was on ADD medicine and mm-hmm. most ADD medicine curbs your appetite really badly. So like I would, I mean, I would eat like a little bit of breakfast and then I would eat something rather light for lunch because I wouldn't really be all that hungry. And mm-hmm. then w- once it, my medicine wore off and it was like dinner time, mm-hmm. I would just like go to town. Yeah. Or like, you know, on the weekends, a lot of times I wouldn't take my medicine on the weekends. And so then on the weekends I would just be like, ah, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> just like, yeah, go for it. Um, that was when I was younger. And then as I've grown up and not being able to afford that medication and stuff like that, it's now become, because I was never, I'm also going to say this too. Like I was never, because of I was always on those medicines and things that like curbed your appetite I never really had to moderate what I eat what Mm -hmm. I ate because it always got balanced by me basically starving myself because I didn't have an appetite because of the the medicine I was on Mm -hmm. so now that I'm older 
it's really hard to break the habit of like just going for my going after my cravings mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because like i i've never had to make that choice before yeah so <laughs> i have to be really careful now like we won't keep certain things in the house mm-hmm. like oreos yeah and <laughs> um you know ice cream a lot and um i really try not to keep like just hamburger like frozen burgers and things mm-hmm. like that because i you know I try to keep like turkey burgers and stuff like that. So to tr- I've been trying to like redirect my cravings towards something that's similar and healthier. <laughs> yeah. So like I'll, I'll it's like oh I really want a burger a really good burger tonight and I'll make myself a turkey burger or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I was starting to crave, you know, to, like chocolate cake and chocolate pudding and stuff like that. Like as I was uh, since I've been pregnant, like mm-hmm. that's pretty much the only sweet thing I've really craved has been chocolate stuff. Yeah. So. Um, like I got some of those daily harvest chocolate brownie bite things that are like full of, I don't know, vegetables and like avocado and zucchini and chocolate and hazelnut and stuff like that. That's really good for you. Mm -hmm. And they also have a smoothie that tastes like chocolate pudding and it's got like pumpkin seeds and avocado and it's really, really good. So like, I'm trying to like (laughs) redirect it. Yeah. Well, well, it it still tastes like chocolate, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But maybe get something that's a little <laughs> just a little healthier yeah, you just know what trick I mean? your just brain to, yeah <coughs> trick myself into thinking i'm getting something indulgent yeah but i mean you know i mean like when it comes to cheesecake i really have to keep that under wraps and things like that like just there's certain things that i'll just i'll power through the whole damn thing yeah a, a pan of pizza dip for example <laughs> chili dip <laughs> You and I are going go to have and pizza go and dip go. later, but I know. we're not going to eat We're going to share thing. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have half and you can have half. Yeah. <laughs> That's healthy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that this is also something that's interesting in our in our culture, too. It makes it really difficult, especially here in America, because portions are so big, for one oh thing. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, especially, like, if you go to regular like middle class style american restaurants like cheddar's mm-hmm. olive garden places like that the portions are huge oh my god yeah and, and then it, you feel like you can eat all of that well, and that's yeah. okay we're all taught to like clean our plates because yeah. it's wasteful but like a lot of times like mom and i have been looking into this kind of thing where like you just ask for a box up front cut it in half and put the other half in the box to take home mm-hmm. to then not let yourself just keep eating. Because when something tastes good, I'll just keep eating. Yeah. I have to, like, make myself stop. hmm <laughs> <laughs> Because I love taste. I love food. Food was such a big part of my childhood. Like, my mom mm. was always cooking. She always wanted us in the kitchen with her because my mom grew up very Southern. So there's mm. always lots of really good food around whenever I go visit. And, yeah. you know, and... She also was very adamant that we needed to clean our plates. And then, not that she followed that, but she she wanted all of it. She would only get, like, small amounts, though. She was really mm-hmm. good about portioning her food. Yeah. Um, she also then later, we um, she switched out all of our dinner plates for smaller, like, basically what people would call salad plates. Mm-hmm. And then that way, that way you don't feel like you have to fill your entire plate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With mm-hmm. stuff that you're not going to get to. And then yeah. you're going to stuff yourself trying to get your plate clean mm-hmm. or but she also does this thing that makes me so mad <laughs> i started just saying no but she'll they'll just be like a little bit left over and she's like someone needs to come eat this <laughs> i'm just like you eat it then yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i'm full yeah <laughs> that's what you have to start saying but she used to do that all the time she'd just be like here eat it 
here, eat it. Which, of course, you know, I weighed 90 pounds, so that was fine. <laughs> well, it, that's <laughs> also a very Southern thing. Yeah. It's it's very much, I heard that growing up all the time. What? Uh, eat this? Yeah. <laughs> you need to finish this. You need to eat this. Mm-hmm. And, well, Look at all the snacks I made. Look yeah. at the weird jello that has stuff in it. Look at this. Let's have tea and let's have this, like, pretty much whenever I have people over mm-hmm. or when it comes to, like, going to f- my, f- my mom... Like, when we have a holiday or something like that, the mm-hmm. whole plan revolves around, like, where we're going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what we're going to eat or what mom's going to make. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's very much a Southern tradition. Yeah. And it's, um, th- I mean, I was, I was brought up that when you have guests, they have plenty to eat. Mm-hmm. No one goes hungry. And that is a sign of welcoming someone into your home. Yeah. That is not the case with my husband's family. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. That has been a culture shock for me. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Like, how How so? Like, like, Josh was not allowed in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. You've told me that. For one thing. Um, mostly because he was a hooligan. Um, and also because I think his mom and his stepmom both um, were very... They're, they have, like, control issues in the kitchen, and they yeah. just want to be in control completely, which I guess you do you, but it's really fun to cook with your kids, so, like, you should chill out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, that's also, he doesn't really know how to cook. Yeah. Because of that. So, there's also that. Um, that's why we need to teach our kids to cook, so that it's easier to portion control, and it's 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 a money saver, it's a time saver, it's healthier, it's... Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things. It's important to know how to cook for yourself so that, you know, when the apocalypse happens, you can grab that box of ramen and that thing of peanut butter or whatever the hell and make yourself a treat. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how that would go together at all, but I'm sure you could figure something out. Yeah. Ramen noodles and peanut butter sandwiches are really good. Um, Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Poor people trick. Um, Yeah. So. um, Poor. Apart. Wow. A poor person trick that I learned was like seasoning your food really well. Mm-hmm. So you would feel like you're getting all these different oh, flavors. Oh, yeah. Hot and sauce would, is what I discovered. Yeah, you would feel fuller. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. Rice, beans, and cheese with hot sauce and toast and a big old glass of milk to fill your fill yourself up with protein. Mm-hmm. That's what I used to do all the time when I was dirt-ass poor. Yeah. Right after college. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, like... I mean, you know, and then, you know, sometimes we go over there and everything in the fridge is expired and she doesn't want to cook for anybody or do anything to provide food. And then we have to kind of fend for ourselves, which is, I guess, fine. But to me and uh, to my sister-in-law, who also, you know, married into this family and her mom has the same mentality that my mom does, like, Mm -hmm. it feels mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it feels like we're not welcome at the house, you know, so... Not that I want someone to wait on me or anything like that, but, like, if you all your food's expired, like, I live right here. Just say, hey, can you throw something something together? Can you help me? Yeah. That's all you have to say. <laughs> don't make me feel bad because your food's not, because you don't have food. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I'm sure that's not her intention, but it's just one of those things. So food is, like, a big thing in, in a lot of our lives. A lot of times we spend all of our time talking about food. If I have a restaurant, like if there's a restaurant that I find out, I want to take everyone to that restaurant because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of social media has perpetuated the fetishizing of food as well because of the, all the yeah. food porn. And I follow a really cool like food blogger who's a vegetarian and she posts a lot of really cool 
like vegetarian bowls that she makes and she like poses them all really pretty and yeah all of that and um um I've heard a few like food critics not really food critics but like one of the judges on one of the food competition shows talking about how like a lot of times you get style over substance instead of the food tasting good it looks pretty yeah because of this because Mm -hmm. of us fetishizing the presentation yeah and not thinking about how it tastes sometimes (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that's kind of a problem but then you know so a lot of times we spend all of our time looking at food all the ads on tv are fetishizing this those disgusting hamburgers from Hardee's, like, and the mm-hmm. supermodel is, like, pretending like she eats that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's a lot. We're, we're kind of constantly bombarded with it, especially mm-hmm. here in this country, um, and especially in the South. It's just... But you really have to watch, like, the tastes that you put together. Like, mm-hmm. I um, I have a friend who I introduced to Pastoroni, because, mm-hmm. like, Pastoroni's been a huge part of my diet, just because, like, it's quick. Because it's quick and easy. Uh, yeah. yeah, and, like... I can eat a whole box of that and be full and be, like, fine Mm -hmm. for hours. But, like, I've started doing this thing where I'll just eat, like, I'll eat half a box of it, but I'll also make some roasted veggies in the Mm -hmm. oven. And, like, I make sure that the flavors go together really well. Like, I'll get olive oil and vermicelli noodles, and I'll get, like, um, roasted potatoes, onions, and carrots. Yeah. And put that on top. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my friend. No, no, no. Oh, no. (laughs) This is about to get gross. Yeah. Um... (laughs) My friend has inherited that trick from me mm-hmm. because it's very filling and like we've, it's easy. Yeah. And we've had lots of dinners together like that. Um, well, she went and she got the olive oil and vermicelli like we love. Um, and her grandmother had given her like a box of veggies um, or some frozen veggies that were like butternut squash and mm. like all like all this other stuff that she really likes and she's like, Oh, like I'll just I'll put that on this. It didn't go. But the problem is the flavors were so starkly different. Oh no. That she couldn't eat it. Oh no. <laughs> and she was so upset and I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's like, I can't even save it because, like, the juice from yeah. the veggies is now, like, in the pasta. And it's yeah. just, yeah. No. You know, Josh will do that, though. We're like, it's, it, uh, that's another thing that I've seen him do that is kind of a disadvantage is that he doesn't really know how to balance a meal, mm-hmm. you know? So he'll make, we were making, t- I made tacos the other night and he was like, can you make me a box of macaroni and cheese, too? <laughs> what <laughs> my you mom, know um, or he'll make he'll eat he'll make a bunch of hamburger helper to like meal prep for himself for the week and then he'll like take a scoop of this one and a scoop of this one he has a two entree instead of delicious like sides like <laughs> my sides mom are and the I, best what are <laughs> my mom and i have done shit like that like when we first moved out of my grandmother's house our first meal in our townhouse i remember this so vividly we each had half of a Totino's pizza mm-hmm. and like half of a box of macaroni because <laughs> we wanted both. Because you know, yeah, and you could, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's we fair. We could. That's fair. When I first went to college, I used to. I mean, be, again, because I I wasn't used to making choices. Mm-hmm. I would get a personal pan cheese pizza and a Chick Fil A sandwich. Mm-hmm. Have that for lunch and dinner. Because <laughs> you because I could. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna tell you no. No. The first time I moved out on my own, I my very a lot of weight. <laughs> my very first breakfast was Reese's. 
just because I could. Yeah. It's a sign of rebellion. Yeah. And it feels really good and for a while. I, yeah, not that I even needed to rebel. It's just I just wanted to. Yeah. And you had the choice. <laughs> yeah. So you made your choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is it's really fun to make the choice. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like shit later. Mm-hmm. So that's the uh, that's the flip side to this is that the but the ass end of this is a lot of shame yeah and a lot of regret and then you try to talk your you talk you, the way that we talk to ourselves about it is so unhealthy mm-hmm. and that's that's what that that's the part that made me want to talk about this a little bit today because like it's not it's not necessary yeah like you're you're not you're not throwing up we're not talking about that this is just binge eating yeah we're allowed to binge eat every now and then and mm-hmm. i think we all a lot of people do every now and then. Mm-hmm. The problem becomes when you do it daily mm-hmm. and you beat yourself up for it. Yeah. That's the problem. So we it's important. You know, I think there's a lot of new um, like workout regimes. I think like Noom is one of them or something. Really, And they're not sponsoring us. But like I've heard of it where it's like teaching you the psychology behind it. And like you can have a cheat day and then or whatever, which is, of course, again, negative language because mm-hmm. it's. You're, you're saying you're cheating and that's not okay really yeah. to say because you're not cheating no it's okay to indulge in things and <laughs> you know what i'm saying and it's yeah. Im- important to remember that the next day is a clean state is a clean slate mm-hmm. you know so yeah um, i mean we all fuck up yeah and even calling it a fuck up isn't even necessary like, yeah you know? like, like we can just we can, we, we can, can just, just eat live. and let ourselves be fucking human. Yeah. And then the next day, just be like, all right, well, today I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> today I'm going to not eat an entire thing of pizza dip for, by myself yeah. or eat an entire bag of chips, which I've about done this weekend. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all right, today I'm going to I'm going to focus more on fruit and stuff because I mm-hmm. had a lot of heavy things yesterday is a, is a good way to phrase it to yourself. It's like today I'm going to eat a little cleaner because it makes me feel better. Yes. And I want to feel better. I need to. I ate a lot of heavy stuff yesterday while I was crying and watching romantic comedies. And today I need to eat lighter and go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really healthy way to talk to yourself. So, um, and then of course the problem becomes really bad when it becomes a compulsion. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, see, that's where you stop enjoying it. That's, that's, that's where I get sometimes, you know, it's just, Ah, like I sit down and I'm bored a lot of the times as part of it. And um, it, it's a lot to do when, with when I'm feeling out of control, when mm-hmm. life feels out of control and I'm stressed and I can't do anything about it. Yeah. That's, that's where it is for me. I don't know about you. I don't know. When I'm around like a lot of negativity, that's when I tend to. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just because, like, I was growing up and there was very much a huge element of shame around what I ate, when I ate, what I was eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was... You've had a lot of food trauma. Yeah. It was, like, constant. And, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't just family. Like, it was, like, family friends, like... um like my mom has been one of the few people that has not done that to me that Mm -hmm. because I mean, she and I are a lot alike. Um, she deals with her depression, how I deal with mine, Mm -hmm. which is eating. Um, and it's just, it's very, 
like I have always been negative about what I eat because everybody around me has been negative to me about what I'm eating and how much I'm eating. Yeah. And like my grandmother who had no fucking room to talk. I oh will, God, no. <laughs> I will, I will never forget. I was a fourth grader. I like I was a kid mm-hmm. and I was eating and I was actually getting full and that was, that was good mm-hmm. because that wasn't something I got to experience at home because mom was going through a rough time. Yeah like had depression I couldn't always get her to wake up to feed me oh my goodness but like I was um like I was like getting to a point where like things were getting a little better like I could eat when I wanted to and I like I was learning how to use kitchen appliances and stuff uh for when I couldn't wake her up Mm -hmm. and um like you could make yourself a grilled cheese or like a bowl of cereal or something yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. well I think that's one of the first things I learned how to make was grilled cheese and scrambled eggs. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, my grandmother one time, like I had taken my shirt off because I mean, I I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it was hot and she wouldn't turn the air on. So I took off my shirt because it was hot and her jaw just dropped and she saw the stretch marks on my stomach because I mean, I was a fat kid and Funny. she, she was like, are those stretch marks? And I was like, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I'm nine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nine. (laughs) And life is fucking hard. Yeah. And she got really mad. Of course she did. And like, I don't like... She's a psychopath. I don't think it was directed at me. Again, I don't know. I'm not going to put words in her head. I don't know what the fuck it was. Who knows what went on in that batshit crazy lunatics. Yeah. Like head who and i know we we don't like to use language like that but she's an asshole so (laughs) it's deserved yes it's been earned (laughs) she has earned all the negative language yeah and like then like she'd turn around and like (laughs) every time i went to run an errand for her it was okay i need you to go to the store get me all this quote-unquote healthy stuff and then go to mcdonald's and get me a big mac and a quarter pounder and, and get I mean, me let all the good stuff rot in the fridge yeah yeah mm-hmm. and um she she'd say well you can get yourself something from mcdonald's too and um that feels like entrapment yeah <laughs> yeah it was all the time it was good you Lord. can get yourself gas you can get yourself something from mcdonald's you can get yourself something from the store and then okay well you owe me because uh, I let you do this and this. And it was, and like that wasn't. So now all we're into emotional abuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like it was, I mean, it was just constant. And like our lives revived, revolved around food mm-hmm. and how we were all just fat and we needed to get better and we all needed to do Weight Watchers together. But. But nobody had the money to. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, like we did for a while. Like mom, um, I went to my mom, like, in fucking tears when I was in high school. It was my first year in a public school. And my gym teacher pulled me aside and was talking to me about my weight and my eating habits. And... I'm sorry? Yeah. Yeah. 14-year-old me um, was talking about it loud enough so that the popular kids could hear. Um, Told me that he could get me a food chart if that would help. Not his place. No. Nope. Not his place. No. And. Or business. Yeah. 
I went because guess what else? What? Eating healthy is kind of expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's another trick that I learned was that if I spend the money on the healthy food, I have to eat it. Yep. <laughs> it's another way to trick your brain. Yeah. And like I went to my mom sobbing and she was like, oh, hell no. Oh, my God. What a dick. Yeah. She was like, okay, well, we're going to fix this problem in a few ways. I'm calling the school. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and we're going to do Weight Watchers together. We're going to do this together. We're we'll going to have get a plan together, together and do it. Yeah, yeah. As a team. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like still, there was still like that element of negativity around it because being fat. Well, you were in, sh- you were embarrassed. Like yeah. you were shame, like publicly embarrassed. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And like being fat and being overweight, it's, it's like you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. It You're made to feel like a bad person because of it. Yeah. And that's not, that's not at all true. No, it's not. I experienced the opposite. Oh, yeah. Well, the same thing, (laughs) but being thin Mm -hmm. and being as thin as I was, I was shamed all the time, which then led to me eating all the time because I wanted to prove that I ate. Yeah. So, like, people would come up to me and ask me if I was anorexic or ask me if I was bulimic and make fun of me and all, all that stuff and... Like, even when I was an adult and I was teaching and I was stressed the fuck out and existing on, you know, Red Bull and dust bunnies because I was so stressed I couldn't eat. Yeah. Like, my principal would see me and just be like, ugh, I wish I had your body. And like, but say it in a mean and derisive way to where I was like, okay, you want to fucking trade? Like, (laughs) I wish I could eat. Yeah. But I can't. And um, saying anything about anyone's body is just uncalled for. Unless you're a healthcare professional. <laughs> yeah. Unless that's, you have been asked. Yes. Unless you're, you've been approached and it's a healthcare issue. That's yeah. different. But um, yeah, it's, it, I, it was something that, you know, uh, and my family is a family of eaters. Like I said, mm-hmm. we went to a lot of buffets and we pigged the fuck out, you know, and yeah. it was always fun. And so I have a lot of really good and positive memories tied to food, but that has then been my battle mm-hmm. because... <laughs> the overindulging has become something that I connect with happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's really difficult to fight. <laughs> yeah. And again, because like I had to prove that I was eating, I would go to church and eat six donuts. Oh my God. And not even bat an eye and gain nothing. Yeah. Because I was on pills that made me not eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, during the whole week. So Yeah, I could consume like 4,000 calories and my metabolism was stupid high. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, I don't know. And and people still, I mean, it just all the time. See, girl, you and then it was girl, you need a sandwich and like just fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Like if I was eating at like a church (coughs) buffet or, you know, like if I was eating out in public around people, I wouldn't get a whole lot. I would just get a little bit to make it look like, you know, I wasn't. Pigging out the opposite. Yeah. I tried to show people that I was eating. Mm -hmm. And I would way overdo it. Yeah. And then feel miserable and get sick. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I remember one time I way overdid food um, when I was little. And, like, way overdid it. Like, my grandmother took me to Sonic and just let me order whatever I wanted. And she's like, you can get whatever you want. So I got like all the sides because I was a kid and I was like, oh, you didn't know. yeah, you like all that sounds good. No. Yeah. So I ate all of it. And then I got sick in the middle of the night. 
Oh, and no. like threw up everywhere. And she got so mad at me for being sick. And I was like, okay, well, this is your fault. <laughs> you didn't. You're not being a parent. No. Oh, my gosh. Like, it was, yeah. Not great. Not great. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of this is tied, if we can, if you can hear the common denominator here, a lot mm-hmm. of this is tied to external, external causation. Yeah. So, it's all kind of tied to what we think other people think of us. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of eating disorders come from, which is... Again, it's not something you can control. You can't control what other people think about you. You can't control what other people say to you. You can't control anyone else's opinion. But you can control what you But you can you control do. what you eat. Yeah. <laughs> and you it's to give you, you it this kind of thing is how we think we're controlling what other people think about us. Yeah. And we're not. Yeah. And then that's where that lack of control is too much. And mm-hmm. this is where you find some semblance of control. And then it leads you into darkness. Yeah. <laughs> because fear is the path to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, we kind of skipped over my definition. So let me just define it really, really fast in okay. case anyone um, is wondering. But, um, and the thing is that this is like literally the most common eating disorder in the entire country yeah so we're not alone Mm -hmm. and we don't need to feel ashamed because everyone faces this battle well not everyone but a lot of people face this battle (laughs) yeah a fuck ton of people face this battle too um so almost everyone overeats occasionally and sometimes depending on the circumstances such as celebrations it may be culturally appropriate to eat a large amount of food like thanksgiving yeah um oh my god i made myself so sick at thanksgiving this year (laughs) it was so good i ate so many sweet potatoes Um, (laughs) such situations are occasional, social, and celebratory, while binge eating or compulsive overeating reflects a pattern of recurrent episodes of gorging that involve a less, a loss of control and cause an individual significant distress. Ah! In addition, binge eating involves consuming what most people think is an unusually large amount of food very quickly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Eating to the point of discomfort. Yep. And eating even when not hungry. Check, check, and check. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally, individuals engaging in binge eating often eat alone due to embarrassment Mm -hmm. about how much they are consuming or feel depressed, disgusted, or ashamed about their eating habits. Yeah, I literally got to a point, um, even with my ex-roommate, like I would... I would go and eat in my room because I was well, not comfortable. Well, she was a psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was not comfortable eating in front of people. Mm-hmm. And she did not help. No. <laughs> like, I, she, sometimes she had a genuine, I think she had a genuine, like, concern. But like, she didn't express herself well. No, not at all. And, and by the way, you're allowed to fucking put butter on your waffle. Yeah. <laughs> That's allowed I to put be butter on my waffles. Yeah. And my pancakes. Yeah. Because it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> You can fuck right off. Literally, you guys, she yelled at Kay for putting butter on her waffle. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yelled at her. Yeah. Like, Like that was any of her business. Oh, screamed. Excuse me. Yeah. That's better. (laughs) Jomped her foot and screamed at me. Not your business. Yeah. (laughs) Not at all. Not your business. That is just, that's not even a health issue. That's like just personal preference. Yeah. Like, I'd like some moisture in my pancakes, please. Yeah. And then the syrup on top. And then you get buttery, syrupy goodness. We didn't even have syrup. 
There was no syrup. There was no she syrup. She was just going to eat him dry like a psycho? Yeah. That's because she's a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> well, she also made quote unquote pot roast. That was chicken. That was chicken. With nothing on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's not. That's not roast. No. That's pot chicken. No. Yeah. And like. No. <laughs> that's chicken in a crock pot. <laughs> yeah. And, and like. Ooh, it it's was like dehydrated. Yeah. Like and like ugh. not to yuck her yum. I mean, it was. I mean, you you do you. Yeah, but, but also don't scream at me. Yeah, for what I'm eating. No, <laughs> when you're also being weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. Uh, I lost my place. Um. Okay, so binge eating disorder involves the consumption of a large amount of food in a short amount of time, and binge eating episodes are associated with eating more rapidly than normal, eating until uncomfortably full, eating large amounts of food even when not physically hungry, and feeling disgusted with oneself or depressed afterward. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> binge, <laughs> and then still not being able to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Binge eating usually occurs in secrecy or as inconspicuously as possible. I do it a lot when I'm home alone, mm -hmm. when Josh is not in the house and I get to make my own dinner, yeah. especially because um, he doesn't like a lot of the stuff that I cook because he's so fucking picky. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I like really good food. And so like I'll make myself a really nice meal and it tastes really good and I'll eat the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And then feel like shit. And then I drink, so <laughs> which Michael is not healthy. But then I'll be like, "All right, what's for pie? dessert?" Yeah, an entire family size chicken pot pie for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase that: an entire family size. I would. Chicken it pot sounds pie. delicious. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I love chicken pot pie. I do too. Oh, oh, I make a really good homemade one. I'll have to oh, make it for my you God. sometime. So does my mom. Mm. That's one of the few things Costco does not do well. Their chicken pot pie is full of salt, and it's disgusting. Ugh. Ugh. But, oh, God, I love a good chicken pot pie. Um, I haven't made one in so long. I think so I actually long. have the recipe for moms out there. I may have to make that. Ooh. Sometimes. That sounds so it is more. It's more of a winter thing, and we yeah. are staring spring straight in the face. So, yeah. but we'll see. But we'll see. Because it does sound really good now that you've talked about it. Thanks. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I have that same thing with Chinese food. Oh, my God. Last night when I was talking about the Chinese Egg rolls, food. That's all yeah. I could think about was getting Chinese food Like, today. I will probably get Chinese food on Tuesday. I'll probably get it this week, too. <laughs> all I can think about is, like, egg rolls and noodles and sweet and sour sauce. And, oh, man, talk about a place to binge eat. Yeah. A Chinese buffet is one of them. Oh my god. Mm. Till I'm sick. Till yes. like till I hurt. Yes. Till it's it till the pants must come off. <laughs> <laughs> because unbuttoning isn't enough. <laughs> no, I actually no, no. really like to get it to go. Yeah. Because our China buffet, they'll they'll give you your like box or whatever and you just fill it and it's by weight mm -hmm. and then you can't go back for more. Yeah. Ours does so that too. I really like to do that. A few friends and I, we were playing D&D &D one night and we were like, well, let's go to the China Buffet for dinner and get it and bring it back. We, all of Very our boxes smart. were packed, were packed yeah. and like kind of open. Yeah. Because you got to get your noodles, you got to yeah. get your rice, your sweet and sour chicken, your egg roll, your crab ragoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe yeah. an egg roll and a spring roll? I don't I know got, your like, life. I got two egg rolls and two spring rolls. Oh, God. So good. And it's a so crab good. cake. Oh, my God. I'm getting and hungrier. We just ate lunch. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Do you see the problem? Yeah. We're literally talking about this exact problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so binge eating usually occurs in secrecy or in, as inconspicuously as possible. But unlike bulimia, there is no purging after the eating episodes. Um, I've wanted to throw up. But I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid I don't want to go that. down that path. Yeah. I also fucking hate throwing up. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It hurts. Blech. I just hate I it. I would rather I have diarrhea. I actually almost threw up last night and I'm pregnant, so I'm allowed to throw up, but mm-hmm. I won't let myself throw up. <laughs> oh. I almost threw up last night after dinner. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. I think it was just. We had uh, we had we had Mexican last night, you guys. So mm-hmm. we it was really really good. We had Mexican. I ate kind of too much, and then we had a lot of coffee, and so yeah. that kind of the acid the acidity of everything, mm-hmm. and just being so full and also tired and just kind of overtired because we had like I had work, been working on the house all day and stuff, mm-hmm. and I just was like Bleh! like I kind of yeah. threw up in my mouth a little bit. Oh, <laughs> it was gross. And then I was like, so I had to sleep like kind of sitting up to oh. keep it down. It was fine. It is what it is. It's just part of being pregnant. You get heartburn the whole fucking time. It's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's really great. There's Tums by my bed for that exact reason. But yeah. So um, yeah, it's really hard for me when I have people over, especially because like, again, I associate overeating with a good time. Yeah. And so we do that. Yeah, we do. (laughs) We do that to each other sometimes, especially when we're drinking together. (laughs) Kay's like, let's make grilled cheese. Let's make the biggest chicken salad sandwich on the face of the planet. Yeah, I used the measuring cup. I used it. I used it it as a scoop, (laughs) not as a unit of measurement. (laughs) Those were really good chicken salad sandwiches, too. They were. Oh, my goodness. We we made these. Sorry, you guys. (laughs) Do you see our problem? We made these amazing chicken salad sandwich. Um, I have this amazing chicken salad recipe that like uses Greek yogurt and all kinds of really mm-hmm. healthy stuff. And it's very like dilly and herby tasting yeah. as opposed to like super sweet or like really oniony. It's really nice. And then you put um, like a, you put a slice of, well, no. So you use like these really cool like sandwich thins that mm-hmm. are whole wheat and you put a third of a cup of chicken salad <laughs> on the, on the piece of bread and then you put a little bit of shredded cheddar on it and then you bake it for like a minute under the broiler so mm-hmm. that it, you get like a like a chicken salad melt yeah. basically and then you put a slice of apple on that and a piece of lettuce and then the other piece of bread and it is so fucking good it because is. like the herbiness in that uh that dill in that chicken salad like with the sweetness of the apple and then like the tang of the cheese it's just like mm, so so good mm-hmm. I could probably eat three or four, but I really try to make myself only eat one or two. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're just so good. And it's not its not helped by the fact that you know that it's healthy. Yeah. That calorie count is low. <laughs> <laughs> and it tastes so fucking good that you're like, well, it's only like 200 calories. I could eat another one. Yeah. It'd be okay. <clears throat> not going to lie. I'm really thinking about just like half of a peanut butter sandwich. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that like all day. Yep. We can do, we can make that happen, honey. Yeah, I know that we can. <laughs> and you can have a delicious glass of delicious organic milk with it too. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can't have a peanut butter sandwich without a glass of milk. It's just it's too sticky and gooey. I but just eat peanut butter out of the jar. So does Josh. I can't do that. <laughs> I love it so much. It's too much. The, the texture. I got to have. Uh-uh. Yeah. Nope. That's fair. <laughs> Not for me. Um, okay. So binge eating disorder may be the most common eating disorder in the United States where it has more than, it has as many as 4 million adults struggling with it. Yeah. And that's just the reported people. Um, it is more prevalent among women than men. Of course. Mm-hmm. And afflicts females from all racial and ethnic groups. Um, I'm also going to say that that's probably bullshit. Because I've seen men overeat way more than I've seen women overeat. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, men need more calories than we do at the yeah. same time. So it's 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 kind of difficult there. That's why it gets really hard when you move in with one of them. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, even the guys at work, I was talking to them... Um, our district manager came down to help us close the store Mm -hmm. and they were talking about food and like how they, they would eat their parents out of house and home when they were growing up. Mm -hmm. And the district manager was like, well, yeah, the RM took us like all the DMs out to eat and we had Mexican food, which is supposed to be really filling. And I still had to stop at the store afterwards and get a snack. Oh my God. He's like, still. And like, he's, what? He's tiny. Like he's just a tiny bit bigger than you are yeah i've met him yeah, yeah. oh well, yeah 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 and he's like not a big dude no wow yeah also he's 37 well fuck him all right he's adorable my, like how like how yeah he is really cute yeah. my, uh, my metabolism shut down when i turned 30 so he can go fuck himself um, <laughs> To be uh, fair, he is always on his feet. See, yeah, I also have a job where I sit. Yeah. So that makes it a lot more difficult. Um, so it is, and also now I'm allowed to leave and go get food during the day. Yeah. Which makes it really difficult because guess w- the the only thing that's nearby that I can get within my 40 minute lunch break is what? McDonald's, Wendy's, Wendy's, Taco Bell, Arby's. (laughs) Um, I have the luxury now of working next to Marco's Pizza again, and you can get those amazing salads. Oh, I get I get the salads all the time. But I love their subs. Yeah, now they've started doing calzones, and I'm just like, (sighs) calzones are pointless. They're just pizza that's harder to eat. I've been but, watching a lot of Parks and Rec lately, sorry. <laughs> but I like, I, I love like calzones. calzones, but they're also calzones. huge. They're, yeah, they're monstrous. They're intimidating. And I'm my, like, I don't need a whole calzone. My friend makes the best calzones and she makes them homemade. Ooh. Oh my God. Jessica, my mm-hmm. friend. Oh my God. Oh my God. She makes such good bread. I miss bread. her. I miss her and Sarah. Yes. We need to hang out. Yeah. And maybe she can make us calzones. Okay. <laughs> For real deal, you have to cut it in half oh, and yeah. make yourself stop because they're so fucking good. <laughs> See, the last place I worked, um, all the other employees and I got together and we were all like, well, let's all get a calzone from Gino's. Mm-hmm. We had no idea how big they were going to be. Yeah, we they're thought, massive. Yeah, we thought they were going to be like small, like personal size. So like we all got one. And didn't split them. Yeah. No, no. And then they got to us and we were like what the fuck those are large pizzas mm-hmm. it's the size of a large fucking pizza yeah <laughs> we it's like, a large pizza folded in half like an omelet yeah we were like <laughs> we can't eat all of this nope. <laughs> jo- Jane, my brother and, and his wife expensive. yeah my brother and his wife got calzones when they were in gatlinburg and mm-hmm. they were the size of a small infant Oh my god. They were so big. And she's so little. It was really comical the picture that he took cuz it was like 
bigger than her shoulder width. (laughs) (laughs) Bigger than her head. It was so funny. So, um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So the condition is found more often among people seeking weight loss treatment than the general population as well, which is interesting. Um, about 15, and that's because you relapse. Yeah. You're trying to stick to this regime, and a lot of the regimes that we try to stick to are not sustainable. No. So it's really, really difficult. And then you're, it, it, a lot of those are um, based around depriving yourself too, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, the one really successful diet that I've been on was the cooking light diet, and that's where I got that chicken salad recipe from. Mm-hmm. But you have to fucking make everything yourself, and I don't even have a dishwasher. So it was yeah. like, and I wasn't, like Josh wasn't eating it too, so I mm-hmm. had to spend it worked well when I had a part-time job where I literally did nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could sit and, and mess with it and meal plan and, and figure out my grocery list and all of that. And it was fine, but sustainably, I mean like maybe if I had a personal chef, yeah, you know, or if I was cooking for a whole family and I was a stay at home mom. See, Weight Watchers was super successful for me, but it was also a lot of work. Um, I've gone to calorie counting and that was actually easier for me to do. Because, like, I had a whole lot more options, and I didn't feel sick by the amount of points. But you also then, but then you also now know the value, like, you can look at calories, not all calories are created equal, and Mm -hmm. that's important to remember, too, which is what Weight Watchers gives you. Yeah. You know, like, Mm -hmm. knowing that it's, that, yeah, this is a piece of salmon, and it's 200 calories, but really it's... Like, you can pretty much eat as much salmon as you want, and it's really good. I mean, don't eat, like, 25 pieces of salmon. Yeah, no. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you can get a nice big piece of salmon and not feel bad about that. Yeah, exactly. Because of their whole point system, and Mm -hmm. you know, like, eggs and fish and stuff like that that's really good for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Or don't they have, like, a vegetable one, too, that's really low that you basically, like, one point or no points or something like that? Like, pretty much all vegetables are zero points. So, you know, you you have that in your head, too, Mm -hmm. to then say, okay, like, look at those calories and then be like, okay, well, I could probably eat more of this broccoli if I wanted to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I love veggies and stuff like that. So, I I think you've probably hit upon a really good medium Mm -hmm. for yourself, which is good. Yeah. Like, and I'm not making myself stick to anything, like, really big right now because I'm, I'm happy with where I am yeah, right you now. you look great. Thank you. Um, I, of course, like, I think everybody would want to lose a little more. I do want to lose a Everybody always wants more, to. Yeah. But, but, like, I also Except understand. for my sister-in-law, who's literally the size of my pinky toe. <laughs> like, <laughs> she needs to gain weight, but she has a medical condition, so yeah. she can't. But, but like, I also understand that, like, right now, I just kind of, like, I, I can make healthy choices, mm-hmm. but, like, I'm not... I'm not forcing myself to stick to anything right Right. now because, like, I don't want to put that shame on myself anymore. It's also important to think about where you are in life Mm -hmm. when you're talking to yourself about this kind of stuff. Like, when you're, when you get, I get into a lot of really negative self-talk about food and about how I'm too, too tired to exercise and things like that, even Mm -hmm. before I got pregnant. And I had to keep reminding myself, you're in transition. You just started a new job. You're sitting now. Your body has to adjust. Like... Mm -hmm it's okay. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't need, you need to give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. Let yourself kind of do your thing for a while. Yeah. And then once you get into a routine, you know, like once you get to a point where you feel like you can kind of start, you're comfortable at work and you're comfortable now with this new transition and your new schedule. And mm-hmm. you know, that then we can do, go into a new routine Yeah, and get that figured out. Cause I was used to having my days. Yeah. Cause I was working evenings basically like, three three or four in the afternoon to nine or ten o'clock you know Mm -hmm. like I I was used to having my days free so I could 
get up and make myself a nice breakfast and mm-hmm. take my dog for a walk at the beginning of the day. And the, you know what I mean? And I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Because I'm not a morning person. So <laughs> I will not be getting up at 5 a.m. to take my dog for a walk. Sorry. It's yeah. just not in the cards. Great for you if you can do that. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this baby will force me to be a morning person. We'll see. <laughs> I doubt it. But yeah. we'll see. Um, but you know, it's just, it's really good to make sure you give yourself a break Mm -hmm. and really look at the whole picture because a lot of times we torture ourselves over not being perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. It's important to remember that nobody's perfect all the time and it's important to give yourself a break. Yeah. So, um, I was going to talk about symptoms and stuff, but I I just don't think we need to. No, Um, I think we covered a lot of that in our own personal testimony. Definitely. (laughs) And, um... You know, it's just, it's important to, you know, it's also important to recognize it in yourself, you know, mm-hmm. recognize what your trigger, what your triggers are. Like, like interpersonal, it says, you know, interpersonal stressors, eating too little while dieting, like we just said, mm-hmm. negative feelings related to your body image and being bored. So like, yeah, uh, I've heard of some people that like put a picture of the beach or something on their, t- on their refrigerator mm-hmm. to like remind themselves like, hey, are you bored? Yeah. Or... D- you want to look, you want to feel good in that bikini you just bought when you go to <laughs> Florida this summer? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, are you bored? <laughs> so that's what you kind of have to go through your checklist of like, yeah. am I bored? Or is it literally like, when was the last time I ate? Is it appropriate for me to eat? Mm-hmm. Am I just eating because it's noon and that means it's lunchtime mm-hmm. when I just had a giant breakfast at 1030? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You kind of have to talk yourself through it. Go through that checklist. Am I bored? Am I procrastinating on something? Mm-hmm. Should I exercise instead if I have this time? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just sometimes we just do things, especially people with ADD and ADHD, you just eat to like have something to do with your hands or people who are smoking do the same thing. Like, so it's just really important to recognize Chewing gum is really helpful. Yeah. I do that too at at work. Yeah. Um, Especially peppermint because Mm -hmm. peppermint is really good for your digestion and for your stomach. It can settle your stomach if you're feeling kind of queasy and you can mistake queasiness sometimes for hunger. Mm -hmm. And peppermint can trick you into thinking that you're done yeah so like because we brush our teeth you know like when we're done mm-hmm. with the day so like that that connection's already there in your brain mm-hmm. so you just prey on that connection that's already there chew a piece of peppermint five gum you'll and distract your brain and you your brain's like oh okay that's right we're full yeah. <laughs> i need to get more gum um but I have some out there <laughs> it's so good it's also a great stress reliever so but like i've got two I've gotten to a point, like, having done Weight Watchers, I get, like, really low-calorie snacks and, mm-hmm. like, eat on those throughout the day. Those are really Just so too. I don't, like, starve myself throughout the day. I hunger shopped. I hungry shopped yesterday and came home with four bags of chips. <laughs> so, th- I don't do that. Like, I don't have chips in the house. Yeah. You know that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Bless you. <coughs> Bless oh, you. crap. Sorry. That's okay. That was gross. Um, I mean, unless we're recording and I get us, you know, our jalapeno potato chips and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. generally I don't have like chips and stuff like that in the house because I'll just eat it all. Mm -hmm. I try to make sure like, you know, I'll grab a veggie tray or like whatever those little, you had those little cracker things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That are really good. The stuff with protein in it because then it makes you feel fuller faster. See, I'd love to have more snacks and like... Like, more healthy snacks, like bananas. I love bananas. Mm -hmm. But literally, every time we buy bananas and we'll buy, like, 20 of them, next day they're gone. Stevie eats them all. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. I wonder if you could hide them somewhere. We do, and then we forget. Oh, then you forget about them. (laughs) Oh, 
then it sucks. <laughs> then we're like, oh, well, and fuck, then, we're out of bananas. Yep. Because mom and I both have horrible memory issues. Yeah. Like, my mom has horrible memory issues because she's older. I have horrible memory issues because trauma brain is fun. Yes. But, like, we just, <laughs> you know, we both fucking forget. Yeah. And, that's hard. And it just, like. So, it's short of keeping them in your bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd love to be able to just keep bananas in my kitchen You'll so that there, I can take them. You only have, a, like, what, another year of school? Yeah. One more year. One more. You can do that. Yeah, I know. You can put up with anything for a year. Yeah. You can do it. I believe in you. I love... And then you can move the fuck out. Yeah. Yay! Yes! And then you can have all the bananas you want. Yeah. It's all I want for you. Thank you. I want you to have all the bananas. Thank you. Um, so I love it, Stevie so much, but I would love to have bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to just keep food in the house <laughs> without him eating all of it. Yeah, that definitely makes it hard, especially on your wallet. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> It is important as well, if you're really, really struggling th- with this, I'm just going to wrap this up real fast, because this can result in hospital ho- hospitalization if it goes too far. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about, we were just talking about this last night, I think while we were on break, about the, uh, like, the specials on TLC, about, like, the one-ton man, and, like, the people that have to be forklifted out of their houses, and stuff like that. Like What's eating that's Gilbert Grape? That's you're, you're good... to the point, yeah, right, that's when you're to the point where you're doing this compulsively every single day, mm-hmm. and that's not good. Yeah. So, if, as long as you can kind of keep it in check, and make sure you bring it up with your therapist, and a lot of times they have really great tools, and really great ways to help you make a grocery list for yourself, like what you were talking about, mm. and like listing all the foods that you like and picking the healthiest ones to keep those around. There's a lot of really great tools and tricks, so make sure you bring it up with your therapist. Talk to your friends who also struggle with it. Be a support system for each other. Kay and I support each other a lot in this. Mm. Um, and it's really good to text each other sometimes when you do that. To make yourself be accountable, <laughs> be accountable. It's hard because it feels like shaming, but it's also like, okay, do you want to tell your friend that you just ate an entire pan of brownies? Because <laughs> I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that we're gonna judge each other over it. No, but we're gonna she be definitely like... wouldn't. She would absolutely tell me it was okay, and that makes it worse. <laughs> Because it's okay to do it sometimes. It is okay to do it sometimes, but it's so bad. <laughs> and it tastes so good. Um, it feels good going down. Um, <laughs> I um, make, like, some kick-ass brownies. Everybody I, says so. I know so. you do, and you need to keep that and, away. <laughs> yeah, which is why I don't make them. Like, we, we might we might split a brownie bite from Daily Harvest here in a little yes. bit. Yes. Because they're amazing. They taste like fudge brownies. Um, Fuck, I need to make you the muffins. God damn it. Yeah, I hate you. It's fine. Um, so <laughs> so there's a there's a type there's s- several different types of therapies that you can get involved in with this. Um, this also sometimes pairs with other eating disorders, um, which makes it even harder. We both have a friend that has that, um, which has been a real struggle for her. Um, so definitely make sure you reach out. It can be re- really, really hard if you let it go for too long. Yeah. Um, so definitely make sure you're trying to hold yourselves accountable. And of course, we're not trying to shame anyone who's gone down the rabbit who's gone down too deep with this because we all have you know we all have our vices and we all have things and it's not your fault yeah. that's the most important thing to remember that it's not your fault and this kind of thing can be really scary to bring up with a professional and all of that stuff so mm-hmm. um but eating disorders are very very treatable that's the thing that's that's amazing and wonderful that's the best the best news there is so um through counseling support group oh yeah it feel you feel super isolated with it yeah it's really upsetting 
Um, so my aunt, she had a different father than my mother. So and like she didn't inherit the same genes that we did. Right. So it was very Is she thinner than you guys. Yeah. Oh, thin? way yeah. thinner. Like very much. Just built totally different. Built. Yeah. Completely different, and has been thin all her life. And I remember when I was younger, and I had just started Weight Watchers with my mom, and I was like trying to stay on that, and I went to visit her for the summer, and she was asking me if I wanted to go eat all these places, and mm. they were like horrific. Mm-hmm. for for me to try to eat on Weight Watchers. And, like, I was getting, like, I wasn't, like, getting you didn't want to tell her. Yeah. yeah. But, I, like, I was getting frustrated with myself because I was, like, I, I'm so fat, I can't go and enjoy this stuff. Yeah. And my aunt just started crying. Like, Aww. legitimately started crying. And she's, like, you're going to have to deal with this all your life. And I just hate that for you. I mean... And like, yeah, yeah, and I was just like, uh, that made it worse. It's hard. Yeah, we did not go out to eat. No, <laughs> you're like, can we just like eat carrot sticks and play trades? Like, just can we just go home? I just didn't do it. I can't do it. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, um, I, I loosened up a little. <laughs> I clearly. Oh goodness. So, um, we really struggle with it when it comes to sushi, but, um, (laughs) so the, the good thing is that it's very treatable. There's individual therapy, there's group therapy, there's, um, there's also sometimes you can go to get like medical management, you know, you can get stomach surgery and Mm -hmm. there's all, you know, nutritional counseling, psychiatric medication. If it's a, a lot of it's anxiety based and stuff. So a lot of times you find if you can manage your anxiety and depression that this follows, which is great. Yeah. So, you know, just check off your checklist, do your best, be, be kind to yourself and seek out the support of your friends. And I think this yeah. is a really good one to not punch ourselves in the face about anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. You ready right. for a break? Yes. I need a break. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're back. Hi. So, um, like I said earlier, I've got some stories of recovery and Yay. what recovery looks like for different people. Uh, this is from Self.com um, by Brittany Risher, uh, and it was published in November 2018. Oh, by the way, I just want to say real fast, I feel like I'm getting a lot better about this. Yeah. Um, learning per- portion control is really empowering, mm-hmm. actually, and... Um, learning to say no when people say hey come eat this I don't want leftovers <laughs> is yeah. really empowering and just learning that it's okay to not clean your plate and just you know to stop when you're full and eat slower and all of that stuff is really mm-hmm. really empowering and it's really really nice not to say that I don't relapse because I definitely do a lot still but yeah. I feel like I'm getting I feel like I'm getting a handle on it good more I think lately. I've gotten a handle on it, too. Yeah. A lot. You've been doing really well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see you <laughs> anymore, but... <laughs> I've been doing a whole lot better. I don't mm-hmm. just eat to eat. You yeah, know? that's another thing mm-hmm. that I really have to... It's good to recognize all that stuff so that yeah. you can <laughs> redirect your energy. <laughs> yeah. What could I do instead? <laughs> my notes for my podcast. <laughs> I could edit. What else is productive? But I could also eat while I do that. Mm-hmm. Like, 
how about if I do all this other stuff, I'll make myself something really tasty for dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can do this whole bargaining thing in my head. <laughs> I read something online that was like, yeah, those bargaining systems don't work for me because I know the bitch who set the rules. True. <laughs> They're True. full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cancel on her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's easy to assume that recovery from an eating disorder implies poof. Those harmful behaviors or negative thoughts and emotions have ended and the person never has to deal with them again. Whoop. But (laughs) that's not true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But just like with any other mental health condition, recovery from an eating disorder is not black and white. Everyone's recovery story and even their definition of quote unquote recovery is unique and personal. Mm hmm. I would agree. As society slowly works to understand that eating disorders affect more than thin, white, cisgender women, it's also (laughs) important to recognize that eating disorders can manifest very differently from person to person. It's really, really prevalent. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's actually really, really prevalent as well in in gay men Mm -hmm. because a lot of emphasis is put on outward appearance. Yeah. Um, Which I'd never thought of before, but, you know, that's... Men are visual creatures, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that either. Um, Especially anorexia. It's it's Aww. it's rough. Babies. Poor babies. I know. I can't even conceive of anorexia. I mean, I get it. I yeah. watched a, I watched a movie, and I really like. I get it. Mm-hmm. For myself. Yeah. Not eating ever, like. I could, okay, so it's not that I can't conceive of it, because I could, I set rules like that for myself a lot, kind of like what you do, where you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm never dating again, and bullshit like that, (laughs) like, but you, because you know you're not going to stick to that, you know what I'm saying, but like, we set these, like, boundaries for ourselves, which is self-destructive behavior, and try and eliminate, unless we're talking about, you know, like, being, like, sobriety and stuff like Mm. that, but you know what I'm saying, like, Mm. it's like, oh, okay, I'm never going to touch this again, and then you're like, hmm. But <laughs> I have I that, that those thoughts have gone through my head before. I'm yeah. like, I really need to just stop eating. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go and I eat, you Same. know, four. Well, that's what four eggs covered in cheese with <laughs> two pieces of toast and strawberry jam sausage. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what I used to say to myself when I was younger. Just I'm not going to eat again or mm-hmm. like, OK, well, I'm going to kill myself so I won't eat again. Yeah. Yeah. Because being dead is being better than being fat. Yeah. It's not. That like that was it. that was literally the thought process mm-hmm. that I had. Um yeah. I can conceive of it, but I know it won't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starving myself won't work mm-hmm. unless I, you know, take something that suppresses my appetite. That yeah. will never happen. Um so People may be at different stages of recovery and move between those stages in a nonlinear way, mm-hmm. which is important for any type of recovery. Yes. I'm just going to put that out there. Like, Everyone's story is different and you have to do what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not linear ever. No. But what, what, what works for us may well, not work for you. Yeah. For mm-hmm. instance, what us holding each other accountable and that kind of thing might not work for you. You might work better by yourself. Mm-hmm. That might be fine. Yeah. You know, it's just important to make sure you're not hurting yourself or being self-destructive mentally and and you know flag- mentally flagellating yourself or anything like that mm-hmm. so it's just you know sometimes that makes it easier when you've got a partner yeah um to help support you but mm-hmm. i don't know 
<laughs> some pe- my my husband processes individually. Mm-hmm. He never wants me. He he doesn't really ever want company when he goes and visits his mom's grave and stuff like that. Like he's he's an individual processor. He he's a he's a solitary thinker. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like me, I would want him there with me so I could hug him and cry. Like you know, <laughs> and talk. I I process out loud. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all down to you. Yeah, and your personality. Exactly. Uh, so Which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Recovery for one person at a given time may look like a reduction in how often they practice restrictive behaviors related to their eating disorder. For another, it may mean they have stopped the behavioral habits but are still working on the emotional aspects of it. Yeah. Recovery also doesn't mean perfection or a total absence of relapse. As the National Eating Disorders Association states, slips, black backslides and relapse tend to be the rule rather than the exception overcoming food and eating concerns recurring during recovery is a central goal but it's far from the only task of recovery so and it's hard because you can you can if if it goes unchecked and maybe let's say you've kind of pulled yourself out of it all by yourself and then you feel yourself relapsing in a different in a different way of mm-hmm. body control and that's all you find yourself thinking about that then becomes an obsessive thought. And it's important to recognize that in yourself so that you can get help or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like just, it's just really important to be mindful because the, this can get, this is a place eating disorders are where it can get really, really serious. Oh yeah. Especially if you haven't treated the underlying anxiety mm-hmm. in any way. Yeah. So we're just going to jump right into these stories. Yay! Um, Number one, as I've gone through recovery, my eating disorder's voice has become quieter and my own voice louder. Uh, Alicia, 24. Since childhood, my relationship with food has always been a tension. Um, Growing up in a larger body, they experienced significant bullying. They also dealt with a variety of medical issues, which required them to go on medication for many years. Mm. At one point, Alicia's doctor suggested that they lose a significant amount of weight to help with their symptoms. That is where my experience with eating disorders began. They say after research, after reaching that initial goal, I didn't feel that I could stop. I had been promised by society that if I lost weight, I would be happier. However, no matter how much weight I lost, the happiest never came. Their anorexia. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> happiness is not what what you're after. You're after more energy, mm-hmm. feeling sick less. Like go yeah. after the attainable stuff. Yeah. There's nothing external that's gonna make you happy. You know. Mm-hmm. That comes from inside you. Yeah. That comes from working on yourself, working on your mental health, choosing to find the good things, choosing to see the positive, redirecting your thoughts, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Losing weight is not going to make you happy. <laughs> no. I will I will say it did help for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helped a lot with my oh, self-confidence. Helps. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, but it's it not going to be the only extreme. Yeah. It can't be the only thing. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like, I just recently had to transition onto a new medication. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was so unhappy. Like, I mean, I don't like, I don't know. I'm good at hiding it. But like for months, I just did not feel like a person. Yeah. Like I, I just felt like a fucking, I don't like, I don't even know how to describe it. I just I didn't know what you're feel. Saying. Yeah. You didn't feel like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like it was, it was getting really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to switch medications quickly. Um, it got like it got worse for a while before it got better, but mm-hmm. like now it's getting to a point where I'm feeling a whole lot better, and that's just been in like the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah it's yeah so like losing weight isn't going to make you happy no but it is it is going to help yes yeah it's definitely going to help but not it it is a holistic it's a it's a process to the puzzle Mm -hmm. you're losing weight will make you feel better physically Mm -hmm. you'll have more energy you'll have more things which means you can go out and do things that are social that then bring you joy yeah engage in other activities spark joy you see what i'm saying yes does it spark joy (laughs) 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 that kind of thing but no it's not that's not it's not a one-way ticket yeah Uh, it's an element yeah their anorexia Anorexia, God, I can't talk, um, eventually transitioned into bulimia. Ooh. In 2015, Alicia started looking into treatment programs, but being genderqueer, the programs were very cisnormative and not conductive to my recovery. Instead, Alicia sought support through online peer support groups and an independent psychologist. I wonder what that has to do with anything. What uh, is that? I don't know what that means. So, genderqueer... Um, means well i know what that means but i don't understand how the recovery could i don't understand because it's a lot of times with so many women suffering from it it's geared towards women and probably hearing like you're beautiful or you're i don't know like is the language just too gendered i don't understand i just the language i've never been so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) the language is probably a very hard thing to get over Hmm. and when you're struggling with your gender identity as well as an eating disorder i'm sure it's not easy yeah to recover from your eating disorder when Hmm. i mean i don't know like i I just i would have to hear what they were saying because i just i don't understand i i can't i just can't i I can't fathom it so i don't understand like how it doesn't seem like therapy should be so specific like that so i don't i don't know that's that it's like it's like just hitting an error message in my head you know what i'm saying like it just everything that we've been talking about is like oh it's all individual to each individual person Mm -hmm. so i just don't i'm having a hard time computing well there's probably (laughs) like i mean a lot of that is group therapy Mm -hmm. so there's probably a lot of girls are they biologically female it sounds like they're biologically female yeah so they were probably put in a women's group yeah and don't feel like they fit in. Yeah. That makes sense to mm-hmm. me. Okay. Got yeah. it. <laughs> Again, I have three paragraphs, so I don't know the whole story at all. No, you're good. <laughs> so I just, I was hitting a, I was hitting a blockage there where I couldn't get it. Um, I don't believe I will ever view myself as recovered. They say the way I explain my eating disorder is that there is a voice in my head. And when I was at my lowest, it was screaming, drowning mm-hmm. out every other thought. Yeah. As I have gone through recovery, my eating disorder's voice has become quieter and my own voice louder. Although Alicia believes the voice will always be there, they turn to their partner and best friend when they have a hard day. I'm living my best life currently, and that for me is where I always seek to be. No. Yeah. Live your best life. <laughs> you do it. Uh, what was her name? Alicia. Alicia. Mm-hmm. Um, it took nearly three decades to get here, and it's not perfect, but it's so worth it. Raquel, 28. Raquel's family called her Gordita, meaning chubby girl in Spanish. Wow, that's fucking rude. Yeah. <laughs> or Quelly Belly as a child. But when they moved back to the United States from Puerto Rico when Are she you was fucking five. fucking kidding me? Oh, They didn't. The stuff that people think is cute. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't mean it maliciously, but like, that's fucking rude. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, 
I learned quickly that to be fat meant to be ugly, dirty, and inferior. Those sweet oh, monikers. Back here, yeah, to this cesspool mm-hmm. <laughs> of a country. <laughs> <laughs> Those sweet monikers started to feel like attacks, and I wanted to disassociate myself from them. Around the age of eight or nine, she began dieting, but it never occurred to her that her eating was disordered. Eight or nine. Mm-hmm. That's so young. Yep. Um, Ooh. I, oh, I hate that. Yeah. I was a voluptuous, low-income Latina girl from the hood, and according to every oh, portrayal honey. of eating disorders I had seen growing up, you had to be a white, middle-class, emaciated teen obsessed with models and hot culture to have the illness, she explains. At 20. Oh, fair. Yeah. At 20, she began therapy. And today, eight years later, she occasionally purges. Intense pressure or hardship is definitely a trigger for me, she says. But more often, she uses self-soothing practices such as dancing, singing, or spending time laughing with loved ones. Redirect your lo- redirect your energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? See? <laughs> <laughs> Engage in other activities. Yeah. Redirect your thoughts. It took nearly three decades to get here, and it's not perfect, but it's so worth it. Recovery yeah. vale pena, she says, which means it's worth it. Just because I may never be recovered, whatever that even means, doesn't mean I can't lead a healthy, joyous, and loving life. And I really believe I'm living that life right now. Good for her. Yeah. You go, girl. I love all these because they're so uplifting. So we've had someone genderqueer. We've had someone Latina. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, it just shows you it's anybody. Anybody can fall victim to this. Exactly. And survive it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look at that. There's yeah. hope. That's why I love doing eating disorder stuff because there's so much hope. There's so much hope. It feels yeah. so lonely, but it's, there's so much hope. They're so treatable. Yeah. And there's so much support out there. Exactly. Especially online. Oh, yeah. Um, One of the beauties of the internet, actually. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so this is from Sarah, 36. I'm not going to read their quotes anymore because they say them again in the story. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just repeating yourself. Yeah. Sarah attempted to recover for 17 years. Oftentimes they would restrict and have orth- orthorexic behaviors for long periods of time, only to end up binging for a few days before returning to restrictive eating and repeating the pattern. Hmm. Still, they Sound were Sound better? Yeah. <laughs> not better. Sound familiar? Yep. I can't speak. <laughs> Still, they were never diagnosed. <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> I think it was mostly due to my size. No one thinks that a fat person restricting or being obsessed with clean eating is a negative behavior. No one thinks that a fat person losing a significant amount of weight is unhealthy, Sarah tells self. Our culture typically praises and congratulates this behavior. It wasn't until they were sitting in a graduate school class on eating disorders that they realized they had been dealing with an eating disorder of some type for nearly two decades. Mm. Over those years, Sarah used Overeaters Anonymous, individual therapy, and a mind-body retreat for help. The retreat at age 34 is what really shifted my perspective on recovery, they say. Full recovery doesn't seem like an absolute. That means I am free from every eating disorder I thought every every eating disorder thought every single day. Sometimes mm. I think that this is what is supposed to this is what it is supposed to mean. Sorry, this is just worded really weird. <laughs> Slow down for a second. Like <laughs> I don't think that it is realistic for people who deal with discrimination and prejudice on a daily basis. I'm a large fat person. Every day I face looks, comments, and the world not being designed with consideration for my body. 
Sarah rarely thinks about restricting, purging, or binging anymore and continues to work with a therapist who is queer and trans-friendly. Most of the time, I am completely accepting of my body size. Other days when I have to deal with the really obvious types of discrimination or deal with the barriers to access that others don't, I'm not very accepting and wish my body was smaller, they say. Does this mean I'm participating in eating disorder behaviors? Nope. It is very much dealing with the culture that we live in. Yeah. It's important to draw that line in your brain. Yeah. Uh, Number four is from Lakeisha, 27. All right. When the stress and pain of being placed into foster care at nine years old became too much, Lakeisha began binging at night. She continued when she was placed with family members, and by 16, she cycled binging and purging with restriction. This was, wait, what? She was in, what, did you say she was in foster care or Mm -hmm. something? Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. In 2010. So much of your life is out of control when you're in foster care. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) It absolutely makes sense that you would develop an eating disorder if you were in foster care. Yeah. Woo! In 2010, she entered an outpatient program, mainly for her other mental illnesses, including bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, and PTSD. She recognized she had an eating disorder as well. However, she felt the treatment team didn't take this seriously because I didn't fit the profile of someone with an eating disorder because I am black and also queer. Eventually, Wow. Yeah. Fucking... (laughs) eventually the therapist she began working with for her other conditions addressed Lakeisha's eating disorder and became the catalyst to start her recovery Mm -hmm. um today at 27 she considers herself in recovery i see things on a continuum not a straight shot destination she says recovery is a daily battle and though i may not be cured i can be stronger than the voice inside my head She adds that the thoughts and the mindset are the hardest parts about recovery. The thoughts about my body, about food, and about my worth tied to that have quite the grip. In addition to writing and sharing her work on Instagram, she continues to see a psychologist and turns to friends, family, and Facebook groups for support. If I am fighting, I am winning. And if I am winning, I am living. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Um, That needs to be a t-shirt. Exactly. That was good. Um... I think I'll just do one more of these. Okay. Because, uh, like, there's a lot of them. But, um, well, we'll have them cited. So, if you guys yeah. want to hear more, you can definitely go to our website and find uh, where Kay cited this article that she's using for our, um, on our sources page. And then you can read as many of them as you want. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do this last one. Um, I have faith, or it's not the last one on here, but, uh, it's yeah. Number <laughs> I have faith that I will be able to say I am fully recovered one day. That's from Lexi, 23. As Lexi tried to recover from bulimia as a teen, her behaviors changed from purging and restricting to binge eating to emotional eating. Binge eating felt like a comfort and purging felt like a release. Whoa. Yeah. Today she's... I mean, I get that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why I won't purge. (laughs) Yeah. Today she sees a therapist weekly and can notice when stress, anxiety, or feeling overwhelmed elicits an urge to binge and purge recovery has taught me to be more self-aware. So I remind myself that using those behaviors in the moment could feel like a relief, but they're also a band aid. Sorry. I'm not giggling at the story, but Hammy is being super loud. Super. I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) It sounds like he's dancing (laughs) and now he's very still. Yeah. He's definitely right outside the door. (laughs) He, just he needs his play. nails cut so we can hear every single step he takes. Like, it's really loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, the short-term relief. Yeah, I could understand. I could see how your giggling just now would be really inappropriate. Yeah. 
poor baby. I couldn't, like, I can't focus when I hear that. I just. (laughs) He was being, he's being super weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, The short-term relief will cause long-term consequences. She cannot currently afford a dietitian or support group on top of her therapy and instead relies on friends or uplifting music and funny shows for support when she has hard times. I am in recovery still, but I have faith that I will be able to say I am fully recovered one day, she says. Yay! So. That's good. Yeah, I just thought that those were ones to highlight. I think that's a good one, too, because, like, not everyone can afford a dietitian. That's important. Like, (laughs) that's not always an option for everyone, so it's important to note that someone else who has financial restrictions can still have hope. Yeah. So I like that. Nice work. Thank you. Those were fantastic. Thanks. All right. I just didn't want it to be all sad. I wanted, yeah. I wanted recovery stories. So definitely. It is supposed to be a comedy podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's play a game. <laughs> okay. So this is our game. If you had to pick a card, any card, there you go. All right. Okay. All right. It's your turn, my lady. So if you had to, would you uh, make a balloon animal for everyone you meet or drive a smart car off a ramp over the fucking Grand Canyon? Um, I would never do that. (laughs) (laughs) I would absolutely do the balloon animal thing. (laughs) (laughs) That was really easy. Yeah. Make balloon animals or die. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> Make balloon animals or die. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Uh, we hope that this has been a source of comfort and that you def- and we'll definitely post um, some places where you can get connected and things like that on the, uh, on the website for you guys. Um, so, uh, also, you know, it's about to be summer reading time Mm -hmm. spring summer reading time so head on over to the lexington bookie and grab some excellent book suggestions and all that stuff she doesn't just do good reviews by the way she reads things and then she'll be honest so if it's something that looks cool recently but also sucks she's gonna tell you (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) which is really awesome i love that about her um anything else no all right great well we love you guys so so much and remember you are not a monster bye bye Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.